listening to An Inside Look with North America's Top 50 Site Consultants. How do I land a big deal in my community? What are location consultants really looking for? Join us as we pull back the curtain and look inside the secrets of site selection with your hosts, Tim Tarantine and Amanda Harrison. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on an Inside Look, North America's Top 50 Site Consultants. I'm Amanda Harrison and I'm here with Tim Tarantine, who spoke with another leader in this industry of site selection. So Tim, tell us about who you spoke with this week. I had the pleasure of sitting down, Amanda, with Jason Hickey, Jason's president of Hickey & Associates. They're a global site selection firm. They work in public incentives and support both firms and give advice to communities. So Jason is a star in the industry. He specializes in not only finding locations, but his real magic is around federal incentives, loan guarantees, and grant programs. He even had the opportunity to advise the White House and their domestic policy council on ways in which we can make the country's policy better for economic development and for site selection. It's an interesting conversation I had with Jason. He's obviously passionate about the work he does. He comes from uh, Northwestern University in Illinois and also serves on the board of Northwestern's Alumni Association. So he's also very active at his alumnus. Excited about the conversation and hope you all will be too. Jason, welcome to the podcast and congratulations for being named one of North America's top 50 site consultants. It's so good to have you on the call today. I want to dive right in because our listening audience obviously wants to know more about you. Tell us three things that we should know about Jason. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm honored as well as our firm is honored to be recognized as a top site consultant. Our firm is one of the fastest growing in the world. And for me personally, this is a family company. My father started the firm, and next year, in 2016, we'll celebrate our 30th anniversary. I joined the firm when I was very young, but uh, I'm honored to be our second-generation leader, and I've seen a lot of growth since then, and a lot of uh, unique changes that have occurred in the site selection industry in the last handful of years. Absolutely. And so you're a second-generation, obviously. What are some other things that people should know about Jason as a person or behind the scenes? What do you like to do outside of all the hard work you have running your company? Well, nowadays, both my wife and I's main hobby is to take care of our young children. We just had a boy in the middle of July and a girl who just turned two. So our main hobby is to take care of them both. We do some other things, but that seems to be the main focus at the moment. I would imagine sleep is becoming a hobby you enjoy from time to time or trying to Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So economic development, site selection, we obviously have questions about kind of the inside baseball. We want to talk to people who have experience and who know this industry. When you're looking at a project, everybody has that quirky thing or something that they pay attention to that may not be a part of what economic developers or even the company is paying attention to. Do you have an inside secret that you assess when you're looking at a community for a project? What are some of those things that aren't on the RFI that you pay attention to? Well, that's a great question. So every project in the company that's behind that project is different. Most companies are making decisions based on attributes of either past challenges that they need to correct or future things that are affecting their business that they need to adjust for. In today's world, there's lots of market change that have occurred, not only in North America, but around the world. Growth within the U.S. has changed dramatically in the last 30 to 40 years of markets and where some of those goods and services need to be placed. And so you can imagine that over the last few years, there's been a lot of changes, but 
Outside of the RFI, the number one issue that comes up time and time again is workforce. No matter how big or small the facility is from a from a staffing perspective, it's often the number one cost, either first or second to real estate. And so workforce and understanding the labor analytics is extremely important. That's why we built a large practice around algorithms and forecasting and those things that are important because decisions are not made for today. They're made for many years into the future. Sure. So, you know, speaking about workforce, if that's one of those reoccurring issues, what do you think economic developers can do to be prepared, not just to help build a workforce, but to at least know what their workforce data is? I think the most forward-thinking economic developers out there that we run into are constantly talking to their current businesses that are in the communities they serve now. They're not only talking to them about how they can assist, which is critical, but they're also talking to them about the data points that future businesses are going to want to look at. One of the unique challenges of the data as the government, either federal or state or local, has the greatest issue is the data is still of a secondary nature. It's still based on uh, a wide variety of different inputs, and the output can vary quite a bit. So instead, many companies leverage that secondary data piece of information, but they also look at the primary side. They want to know what's going on at the ground level at any moment. They'd like to know what the other HR managers are saying. What are the other key decision makers on the ground currently in those regions saying about their workforce? Not only what are the wages, but how does absenteeism look throughout the year? Where are benefits and what the expectations of the local workforce, where is that going? How are things such as workers' comp and other business and state-related issues, what direction are they going? So a wide variety of attributes that come up, and they're hard to glean from secondary data. And so that's where local economic development professionals can really make a big impact when the company is interested, to show them that piece of data as well. Absolutely. I agree with you a thousand percent. Let me transition now to this idea of, you know, all economic development budgets are not created nor funded equally, right? So the sources of revenue, where they come from makes a difference and the amount, that's kind of the conversation that goes on. But what I want to know is for communities who don't have large fiscal budgets, large budgets, large marketing budgets, where can they focus their energy Resources are finite, not only for economic developers, but for any organization, including ours. We have to decide as well, where are we going to put our monies now into the future? And that's important. So on the economic development side, monies are often a short when it comes to marketing. And because there's so much staffing as well as other things that need to occur, every organization from an economic development industry sense has to put their money in the best places. The first is to identify what kinds of industries they're interested in. But most importantly, what kind of industries are interested in them? Look at the two-way street. What kind of companies are looking and industries are looking in your region? That is an important piece that gets often overlooked. The second is where to place non-solicited advertisement or other kind of marketing. Where to put uh, magazine ads? Where to put your monies into site visits and things like that? And we do you believe in the magazine say, ads anymore? Do you believe in that? Do you, is that something that you think people should still be investing in? Is magazine ads? Well, magazines and either trade or other kinds of advertising, it's still a very important piece of a marketing strategy. It's not yeah. for everybody, but it still plays a role. And it plays a role more importantly for the companies that are making some of these choices independent of a site selector. Sure. You know, sometimes we'll be asked to do the full scope of developing and identifying and securing a site. 
Other times we might be in the last piece of that just to validate what an internal team does. So there is some places to leverage, but I have always been outspoken in saying that if you have a finite amount of money, spend it on visits, one-on-one visits, because there are a lot of company representatives we work with. We work with hundreds and hundreds of companies, and I don't know of one that would not, if they can do it from a selling perspective and bandwidth, who wouldn't meet with a community that knocks on their door. And most of the time, if that community just isn't in the crosshairs of something that they'd be interested in for a variety of other reasons, you know, they'll, they'll say, you know what, I, this, in this particular location, this particular state, we don't have a lot of assets there and it's probably not going to be a good fit for us. But they'll be very open and forthright, but they'll always welcome an opportunity if they're available. And that's what I feel is a great use of funds. So I think I'm hearing you say that the answer to the follow-up question, which is what type of marketing strategies work best for you, it's the face-to-face. Is that a fair assumption? Absolutely critical. In addition to just the location visits, things such as conferences and other kind of venues which put you face-to-face with company representatives and other consultants are incredibly important as well. You know, Some are larger than others, and of course, there's tactics that are out there to try to get in front of as many people as possible. But the highest quality kinds of visits are the ones that if you're able to spend the resources for them to do visits to certain communities, we have seen companies after visits give us a call and say, hey, have you ever heard of this community? And would you do a quick just kind of look-see to see if it's something we should consider? It happens every single day. It seems to me to be one of the best value investments that an economic development group could make. Absolutely. So final question, I'll get you out of here on this one. If you had a room full of economic developers, and I know you have opportunities to do that, but if you had one room and one message to give economic developers from your perspective, what would the message be? Well, we have the pleasure of meeting with economic developers every day from our entire organization, and they are key partners of ours to everything that we do. And I think that is an important thing to always remember, that we're all working together on the same team to help these companies find the best locations possible. There are certain things that we can all improve on. As site selectors, and I know our firm has made this a top priority, limit the size of RFPs that site selectors send out because most of this research can be done on our own. And so that's one thing that I think site selectors can do a better job on. Economic developers, it's just access to data more easily on the local level. Not every local organization has the resources to pull data, to even put it up on their website. But the more information that you have and can get that's reasonably acquired and keep it up to date on the marketing materials, on the website, and so on, is incredibly important. The communities out there that are apples to apples, the same to companies in the way that the data aligns. So it's important that everyone keeps their marketing materials, their websites, and so on up to date. The third is to focus on the industries and the geographies that make sense. Sure. There were a lot of companies that were coming from Europe, Germany, for instance, in the years past. A lot of companies that continue to invest from Asia, like uh, countries like Japan and China and South Korea. That will change in the future as it has changed in the past. And so only focus on what makes the most sense from the community because resources are finite and we can only go after a certain type of targeted businesses and industries and geographies. Jason, you've been great. Great insights. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and partnering your knowledge to our listening audience and to me. I, of course, appreciate that. Continue to do the great work you're doing. And of course, congratulations on being named one of North America's top 50 site consultants. Well, thank you so much for having me. And again, we're honored. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for tuning in to North America's Top 50, produced by Consultant Connect, where we're working to bridge the gap between leading economic developers and location consultants. To learn more about what we do and how to get involved, please visit consultantconnect.com or tweet me at Ron Kitchens.